Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, offering fuel, food, and drinks on Highway 13. Arcola Co-op, you're at home here. Today we have the latest market update. Wheat and canola are showing upward movement again this week. We discuss the issue of feeding green feed to cattle and concerns about nitrates in a drought year. Real Agriculture looks at the fall weather forecast from AccuWeather. A chef returns to his roots in rural Saskatchewan, buys a farm, and turns it into a destination restaurant, all in Nipuan, 360 kilometers north of Regina. And we have a look at crops in Manitoba. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Grain prices continued upward movement this week. Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial, Adam Pacallo, says November canola futures rose $42 per metric ton this week, while spring wheat futures gained 18 cents a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, November canola was up about $42 a ton this week here. So definitely a a bit of a recovery near actually some of the the contract highs on a closing basis. The intraday high made on August 17th was $940 a ton, but it didn't close there. So we are actually near kind of some of the highs on a closing basis for November canola. On the Minneapolis week, the December contracts were up about 18 cents on the week. So again, Minneapolis wheat has been going a little bit sideways to higher here uh, in this last week. Really kind of all of the grain markets in Canada here at least kind of waiting for the stats can report that's coming out on Monday at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. So that's one thing to definitely keep an eye on for next week. So what are the factors, though, pushing up the prices this week? Well, a few different things. One thing that traders are kind of watching definitely is how canola is reacting to some of these soybean and soybean oil markets in the state. Those markets have actually been in a bit of a more of a a declining kind of type of pattern here recently. There's been some kind of recent rainfall in the states, which 
should be helpful for filling soybean pods during that stage and also could help boost some of the yield. China has actually bought U.S. soybeans 13 out of the past 16 days. So that is kind of help supporting prices on the soy side from from a fundamental standpoint. But really, again, it's that kind of that soybean oil side of things that's kind of pulling canola down. And for the wheat side of things, you know, one thing I want to note is actually kind of how corn has been performing. So corn actually could be a little bit vulnerable for a decline here. The managed money traders actually hold a massive long position as per the latest commitment of traders report. And again, for those listeners, long position just really means traders are really bullish on corn right now. But that's often when we could see pullbacks in the market if there is some type of unforeseen you know, rainfall or something like that. And, and that's definitely something that could hurt the wheat market. But from another standpoint, wheat is holding steady as the International Grains Council actually cut their 2021-2022 world wheat production outlook by about 6 million tons to 782 million tons. So there could be some losses noted for Russia and here in Canada, obviously. So those are some bullish factors and, you know, it could keep prices a little bit stable and kind of maybe push them through some of the the resistance we're seeing right now. Adam Picallo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca and Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronics specialists. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. Beef cattle producers will be feeding more green feed than usual this year in response to the drought induced hay shortage. Green feed should be tested in advance for nitrates which can kill cattle if present in high levels. Cereal crops, canola, mustard, and various weeds can accumulate nitrates. Barry Yaramco is an independent beef and forage specialist based in Stetler, Alberta. He says there can be variations of nitrate levels in the same field. Do you have a bunch of hilltops and a bunch of valleys? Uh, You'd expect to have higher water availability in the lower parts of the field with less evaporation, uh, maybe even a little bit more organic matter in the soil, a little bit more topsoil, which will hold more moisture, will hold more nitrogen, and that will cause an accumulation. Are there any weeds that accumulate nitrates? Stinkweed, lamb's quarters, lady's thumb. Those are some of the ones that are really bad. So if you've got a weed infestation in certain parts of the field compared to others, I would expect that to be another concern. Nitrogen levels in the soil are another factor. Have you put a lot of manure down in the last two or three years. How much nitrogen fertilizer have you applied? Did you do any clover plow downs? When you apply manure to to the soil, 25% of the nitrogen in that manure is used in the first year, roughly half in the second year, and then 25% in the third year. So even though you may not have applied nitrogen last year, or even this spring, there could be a residual present there from a previous application. Nitrates are produced by plants under stress, which includes drought, light frost, and hail. With a light frost, minus one, minus two, or a hailstorm, nitrates will accumulate in the upper leaves because the bottom tissues, the roots, 
do not recognize that there's been an injury in the crop, and therefore they're pushing the nutrients up no different than there was before the storm or the frost. So what happens is you get that accumulation in the top leaves. So in this situation where you've got a light frost or a hailstorm, your nitrate accumulation will peak out about day four, day five after the storm. If the plant recovers and growing conditions remain good, those levels will drop and reduce back down to normal concentrations after 12, 14 days. Barry, your MCO is an independent consulting and former beef and forage specialist with Alberta Agriculture. He says the outlines the proper way to send in a green feed sample to the lab. When you're sending the samples in, take your sample, put it in a plastic bag, squeeze out or exclude all the air that you can, seal it and freeze it. Send it to the lab and try to get it into the lab within one to two days of delivery. If it takes longer for the samples to get to the lab, there could be a bunch of metabolic activity after the plants have been cut and your results can be skewed. So the worst case that I remember as a lab nutritionist is 520 versus 6,100 parts per million. So 11-fold difference in, in the concentration is what I've actually seen, but the literature says you can get up to 20 times difference. So if it takes a week to get that sample to the lab, I'd be tempted to send another sample in and get it there a lot quicker. Beef cattle eating green feed with very high nitrate levels will see a reduction in performance. Cows are less likely to become pregnant, and there are instances when animals die from a lack of oxygen. Fortunately, cattle can adjust to higher nitrate levels if the feed is introduced gradually. The first thing that happens in the first three or four days when a cow is consuming feed with nitrates is the rumen bacteria change. They become more efficient in changing nitrites to ammonia. So that helps. Second thing is, if that nitrate is present after two weeks, the bone marrow will start to increase red blood cells to carry more oxygen to the tissues. So when you're looking at these adjustments and feeding nitrates, if you know you've got a higher nitrate level, it's generally a four-step process to get them there. Uh, For the first two, three, four days, feed roughly 25% of the high nitrate feed. And these are just generalities. It all depends on what your nitrate content is in that forage. If the manure looks normal, the animals seem to be doing well, after three or four days, increase the amount of the feed to 50%. And I'm talking about a situation where your total nitrate content in the, in the ration is, is 1% or less. Do that for another three or four days, go up to 75%. If all looks good, then after two weeks, you can switch it over to 100% of that feed that's 1% or less. It's just a matter of letting that animal adjust and being able to adapt to that injury or insult of the nitrates so that it will work out properly. Barry, your MCO is an independent feed nutritionist based in Stettler, Alberta. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. 
Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I am joined right now by Brett Anderson of AccuWeather. You came out uh, at AccuWeather with your autumn forecast, fall weather incredibly critical to farmers as everybody tries to get that crop in the bin across the country. Well, I think uh, the key word is La Nina. And uh, right now, La Nina is starting to develop. Actually, it is officially La Nina now, but it's going to strengthen through the fall and then peak probably in November. And what La Nina is, the the abnormal cooling of the water, surface waters along the equator of the Pacific. And that alters the jet stream pattern later in the fall into the winter time. And usually what that means is a stronger jet stream directed right into British Columbia. As we come off the Rockies into uh, Alberta and, and work our way across the prairies, what, 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 what can we expect uh, in terms of, I guess, one, any sort of moisture and, and obviously temperature also being considered when it comes to things like frost? Yeah, I'm not, not overly optimistic. It looks like the jet stream is going to be more directed up into northern Alberta. So that kind of keeps much of the winds coming in down off the mountains. and That's dry and that's warm. Uh, it kind of keeps both the chillier air up across the Yukon, northern BC. So uh, confidence is fairly high that we're looking at a, a warm and dry fall, at least September, October for much of the prairie region, obviously, much of that region, as you just said, severe to extreme droughts, so just a large area. Uh, so I'm not expecting much rainfall relief in those areas through October. Once again in November, though, I would not be surprised temperatures suddenly get near or actually below normal, especially across western areas of the prairies, and maybe an increase in rain and snowfall during November. So things may start to improve soil moisture-wise uh, as we get toward the latter part of the fall. But uh, again, uh, critical time, uh, September, October, still looks very dry and still looks above normal in terms of temperature. Yeah, so for, for a you know dry, warm September, October, it, is that what we called a lot of times the like an Indian summer? Yeah, I mean, you got to have the, typically you're looking at, you know, you want to have a cold shot freeze, widespread freeze initially, then you could consider it what that that is. Now, I'm trying to say, are we going to have an early freeze? The pattern would say no, but all you need is a big high pressure system coming down from the north on a given day or two. And you get your freeze, and then it just warms back up again. So really tough to say whether there's going to be an early freeze in a lot of these areas uh, during the fall or not. Uh, these long-range outlooks really, really tough to, to say that. So um, the overall pattern says probably a late freeze, but, again, I've seen it happen all the time, a warm fall, and you still end up getting an early freeze just because you have the big high coming down for a couple of days. So if we're cold, if you know, as we enter November on the prairies, if, if we're cold, you said there there is a chance of moisture. Do, do those can those two yeah. things go hand in hand? Like if 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 we're colder than normal, can we still still get that much needed moisture that we've been really really just waiting for and we need for this 2022 crop? Probably more in Alberta, uh, where you get the upslope uh, winds here, northeasterly winds moving up you know, into higher terrain there. So more so in Alberta, less so. Saskatchewan and Manitoba because obviously you get the cool shots in the eastern prairies they're typically dry but uh, in the west um, again some of those winds pushing up against the higher elevations and as you go higher 
that squeezes out moisture. So in November, we may actually see, you know, an increase in moisture in western areas, but less so in the east. Not good for the Red River Valley. North Dakota, no. uh, Manitoba, you know, that need, need some moisture just as badly as some of the, the rest of the prairies for sure. As, yes. as we cross the Canadian Shield, what, what can we expect in central and eastern Canada? Uh, again, I still think it's going to be dry across uh, much of, uh, again, southern Manitoba through northwest Ontario uh, this fall. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at Real Agriculture. It's your Agra weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, showers with risk of a thunderstorm. Wind southeast 20, gusting to 40, the high 18, the low 12. Saturday, showers, risk of a thunderstorm late in the afternoon. Wind northwest 30, gusting to 50, the high 18, the low 7. Sunday, sunny, the high 24, the low 10. Monday, sunny, the high 26, the low 11. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 24. 60% chance of evening showers, the low 13. Wednesday, cloudy, 60% chance of showers, the high 19, the low 10. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high 20. Normal high for this date is 23. The normal low is 8 degrees. The sun rose at 6.05 this morning. It sets at 7.54 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Cornac in the southern part of the province at 21. The cold spot, Waskasu, up partly north, I guess we could say, 12 degrees. On the roundup, we have Estevan at 15, Saskatoon 16, Swift Current 20, Weyburn 17, Yorkton is 16. Regina has light rain and 14, that's 57 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 19, humidity 96%, barometer falling 101.1. Light rain in Moose Jaw, 14 degrees. Winds are from the east-northeast, 26, gusting to 37. Once again, Regina, light rain in 14, that's 57 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. A chef returned to his roots in northeast Saskatchewan, bought a farm, and turned it into a destination restaurant. Michael Brownlee grew up in Cairt River and spent a lot of time on his grandparents' vegetable farm. That spurred his interest in food and dreams of becoming a chef. Brownlee was trained at the Culinary Institute of Canada in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. After graduation, he came back to Saskatchewan to cook at a high-end Saskatoon restaurant. Then three years ago, at age 26, he purchased a small farm at a location called Mabel Hill, two kilometers east of Nipawin on Highway 55. 
We uh, essentially built the restaurants on what was the uh, grain yard of the farm. And then they had a large area of grassland, which I guess was pasture in the years before, which we uh, broke and uh, started a four-acre garden. It took six months to build a 75-seat farm-style restaurant. Most of the vegetables are grown in the four-acre garden. We've had really good crops the last few years. I mean, I know that we're experiencing some drought right now, and there's been a lot of things affected, but we've been on top of it with laboring with lots of watering whatnot, and we're still turning out a pretty good uh, crop so far. The meat on the menu is raised on various Saskatchewan farms. It's actually funny because a lot of my producers are customers of mine as well, so we kind of give you back and forth. And and some of them are, you know, necessarily right in our backyard. I mean, we do source some meat from farther places, such as, like, close to Calvinton or closer to Saskatoon. I mean, we do source local as much as we can, but we look for quality as well. So if, if that means that we have to go a little bit further to find the best, the restaurant is designed so guests are able to see the chefs and staff working in the kitchen. I really just want to showcase that there's some talent back here and that uh, we're not just cooking with a fryer and we're actually doing some, some actual cooking back here. And uh, we get to keep an eye on tables uh, from afar. And, you know, for me, I, I've been, I spent a lot of my life cooking and being in kind of a closed area. And, I kind of said to my family, so if we build this restaurant, I want many windows and some views and whatnot. I don't want to feel closed in anymore. A new addition is a pavilion for large social events. We just finished it this year. Um, we, lo- we built a large timber frame pavilion on our property that can do events for up to 250 people. So we've been, although we are restaurants and market garden and whatnot, we're really starting again to doing a lot of weddings and special events as well. In addition to the restaurant, the marketplace features vegetables, preserves, pies, and even homemade pierogies. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Harvest has been brought to a halt across much of Manitoba due to recent rainfall. Most areas in Manitoba received some much needed moisture this past week. Manitoba Agriculture's Dane Frey says between 30 and 80 millimeters of rain fell across the region. That rain was largely concentrated in the southwest and northwest parts of the province. If you look at a map, there's a nice dark blue band that comes up the the western side and uh, certainly needed to replenish some soil moisture and and perhaps put on a little bit of forage regrowth for some fall grazing, but certainly not enough uh, for what we needed or what was shortfall throughout the year. The wet conditions will likely stall harvest activity activity for a while. It certainly slowed down harvest a little bit. Uh, However, soils were so dry that any rain that did come is largely soaked in or will be soaking in shortly. Uh, If we have some return to seasonal or favorable weather conditions, harvest should resume in a few days. Phrase says while the rain was welcome, continued damp conditions could be problematic. Cereal crops that are left out in the field, either in swath or standing, uh, will be probably subject to quality downgrades if we have persistent wet, humid weather without drying conditions. Um, Cereal crops can get stained, uh, they can lose color, 
it can lead to protein uh, and, and they could potentially sprout, which will cause issues with falling number and as a result leading to downgrades. Fraze says prior to the rain, farmers were making good progress on harvest with about a third in the bin. For the fourth week of August, we're at 30% complete, uh, slightly ahead of our four-year average of 26% for this time. Um, most of that harvest progress is concentrated in the central, eastern, and interlake regions where crops were a little bit earlier, and it was drier, which spurred along a lot of uh, rapid crop development. Southwest and northwest are a little bit further behind. They are largely finished the winter cereals and peas at this point and have rapidly moved into wheat, barley, and oats, and just about to get started on some of the very earliest canola. Phrase describes early crop quality and yields. Crops that were binned before this major thunderstorm uh, looked good for the most part, uh, wheat in particular, uh, dark red color, fairly high protein, uh, generally between 14 and about 15.5%. Um, falling number was good, test weight was good, however, for oats, conversely, it was generally lightweight. Uh, yields were underwhelming and disappointing in oat crops. Um, test weights there anywhere between 32 and about 39 pounds per bushel, although some of the later crops did tend to be a little bit heavier. Yields on spring wheat, uh, generally between 20 and about 65 bushels an acre, usually averaging in that mid-40 mark. Phrase says soil sampling has started. Some early results suggest farmers may not have to apply as much fertilizer as they have been using. And harvested crops come off. Soil samplers are out in the field in force. Um, it's making a much nicer job now that we've had some moisture to soften up the surface and make a better core. Some soil samplers are also noticing that uh, soil residual nitrate levels are much higher than normal, uh, given the drought that we faced throughout Manitoba this year and the lack of uh, crop nutrient uptake. So we're going into fall with higher levels of soil residual nitrates, uh, which may help reduce the fertilizer bill for 2022. Dean Fraze is a crop specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit GrowMoreProfit.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola fell five dollars forty cents at eight ninety twelve. Yellow peas rose nine nineteen at four eighty six eighty two. Number one red spring wheat rose thirteen cents at three hundred ninety dollars four cents. The rest unchanged. Durham six eighty one zero three. Feed barley three fifty four sixty five. Flax eight ninety nine seventy six. Lentils one thousand twenty five dollars fifty nine cents. Oats three thirty seven fifty three. Feed wheat two sixty one sixty five. On the Minneapolis Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for September rose eight and a half cents at nine thirty seven a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon. This is Travis Platt here with the Market Report from Heartland Moose Jaw. Had some good cows in this week. Your D1, D2 cows sold from 74 to 83 cents. D3 cows were down a little bit from 60 to 73 Bull market was steady, average of a dollar ten, sold up to a buck fourteen seventy five. We have a pre sort sale coming up this Tuesday, August thirty first. Following that will be our regular sale. This is Travis Platt from Heartland Moose Jaw. Thank you for your business and have a good day.
Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,200 hogs Thursday, selling a range of 231 to 245 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 4,500 head, selling a range of 230 to 249 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, August 28th are Woolly West 2020 contract, 245.80, Woolly West 2021 contract, 256.20, Maple Leaf Sig 4, 234.05, Ham's Cash, 232.05, and Thunder Creek Brickco, $237.89 per CKG. Ham's Cash Hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices open higher this morning. On Thursday, the Canadian dollar is down 23 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2651. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 79.29 cents U.S. Weekly base prices for week ending August 28th came in lower relative to the previous week, but remain amid historical highs. Compared to three-year average, weekly base pricing is up 68% in the Western Corn Belt, 46% for both national variants, and 52% for the USDA cutout formula. There is evidence that supplies are tight, but ongoing cash strength is primarily a function of ongoing demand. The futures market is pricing in a more seasonal trend, however, and the front-month contract is trading at a notable discount to the CME Lean Hog Index. If post-pandemic domestic demand and exports remain intact, the futures market may see a bit more of a bias to the upside than the cash market moving lower this year. Strong domestic demand along with supply tightness and news servicing that China's hog production is forecast to be 14% lower in 2022 are all positive factors looking forward. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Perry Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. The Saskatchewan government says municipalities are making progress on approved projects under the Targeted Sector Support Initiative. The program is designed to build capacity and encourage intermunicipal cooperation. The program provides cost-shared grants up to 75% to municipal projects focused on regional cooperation and building capacity. Since 2020, 56 grants totaling over $1.9 million were approved. For example, the City of Meadow Lake received over $37,000 to conduct a regional fire and emergency services feasibility study with the neighboring RM and Flying Dust First Nation. The arm of Frenchman Butte received $13,000 to provide municipal governance training to elected officials in the RM, as well as the village of Paradise Hill, town of St. Wahlberg, arm of Mervyn, and arm of Britannia. The drought has been costly to the Saskatchewan government. The province says the deficit is up $126 million due to significant farm support of over $700 million to address widespread drought conditions. Higher expenses are somewhat offset by increased revenue from higher-than-expected oil and potash prices and federal transfers. On the markets, the TSX is up 146 points at 20,650. The Dow has risen 254 points at 35,467. Oil is up $1.26 at 68.68 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 46 hundredths of a cent at 79.28 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. 
You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.